Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. This glorious mess. Little kids, like me. Hello and welcome to This Glorious Mess Little Kids, Mamma Mia's podcast for parents with kids under five. My name is Tegan Natoli and I have three kids, one of which, my little son, is obsessed with wearing a ponytail it's like so his cute. big sisters at the moment. He's got three ponytails. He's obsessed. Every morning. Every morning. He goes, hair, hair, mirror, mirror, and then runs and looks at himself in the mirror. Cute. I'm Lee Campbell. I have one little 19-month-old whose favourite phrase right now is, oh no, <laughs> he sounds English or Irish. <laughs> <laughs> but we've changed it from oh sh, which he picked up from us. Oh, whoops. so whoopsies! But oh, no. sure you want to be the first, Mum, doll. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a new year, twenty twenty one. Our second episode back, and while the last twelve months have been extremely unpredictable, and you might be feeling a little optimistic, and started planning for the year ahead, new goals, New Year's resolutions, and maybe even a new addition to your family. So, if you're thinking about going from one to two, or maybe two to three, or three to four. This is the episode for you. There was a story on Mamma Mia this week about a woman who has 22 children. But are they all hers? I don't know. It was about how much takeaway she orders. Yes, I saw Did this. Did you see that? Yeah. But do you think she was like at 19, hmm, should we have 20? Or do you think she was just like... <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that she's fostering or adopting some of those. because I don't know, but I don't think she had these dilemmas. I'm actually going to Google later like the most children oh, any mother has ever given birth to. I think it's like 70 something. Stop. Yeah, it was like back in the day. Ah, I'll get back to you with that. But today we're so lucky to have a brilliant guest, Sarah Aqua-Smith, who is a mum to four, a parenting expert, psychologist and an author who has written a book all about parenting for baby number two. And she's joining us a little later in the show. And of course, we will reflect on our WTF moments of the week. Always a hoot. I can't wait to hear yours, Lee. <laughs> but first, we've got a listener who has a dilemma. So let's try and help her out with our non-expertise advice. Now it's time for Listener Dilemmas. So this part of the show is where Tegan and I try and assist you with your parenting predicaments, which is hilarious because we can't (laughs) even assist ourselves. (laughs) Now, Esme has asked in the parents' Facebook group, this is what she said. Hi, parents. I need help with getting my 2.5-year-old daughter to have some quiet time, solo play, or basically give me 30 minutes without demanding food. I love that she demands food, by the way. (laughs) She doesn't nap and I have a four-month-old that requires 10 minutes of bum padding in order to sleep. Has anyone got any ideas on how I can get her to embrace some quiet time? My sanity depends Mm. on it. Oh, Oh, wow. I don't have a lot of advice (laughs) because I have one child, but I do, like my son who is, yeah, just over 18 months, is constantly wants my stimulation, might play with me. He's not really great at playing on his own yet. Yeah. 
I'm terrified that her 2.5 year old has dropped their nap already. When did have your yeah. kids still napping? Yes, they are. My life depends on that nap. But as she says, it is hard juggling the both. So, you know, I'm at a point now where all my kids sleep at the same time. Yeah. But I must say, the juggling when they're not is really, really hard. So when the twins were on one nap and Banjo there was, was like on a, two. over a year where Banjo was on the opposite oh. nap times. So it is really, really hard because you'll be trying to put one down or while one will be waking up and it can be really challenging. I oh, think You can't go anywhere. No. Well, that's why I had a nanny because <laughs> otherwise I would have been from nine till four at home with sleeping children. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. I think two and a half years is good because they're starting to get to, like, obviously great communication. So, I look, I don't know if it will work for you as I don't know your child, but one thing that – it's probably not the great advice either because it's very <laughs> bribe-based. <laughs> That's my advice too. But for me, I used to really involve the twins in almost like, oh, can you help mummy get Banjo to sleep? It's almost making them a part of the task. So can you be mummy's special helper and can you just watch this little show or hold the iPad for five minutes while mummy puts Banjo to bed? And then once Banjo's asleep, we can do such and such together. So yeah. it's kind of giving them the one outcome that they want as in bribery ways. Yeah. I don't know whether that's very positive. But. No, it is. Uh, it's interesting you say that because I've been looking into it and it's she says that her daughter often wants food. So I think replacing that food with another reward, like a chart whereby she gets a sticker yeah. or some sort of wall thing, I've seen that that works quite successfully because it's that whole reward yeah. system. And I think because she is your daughter as well, they have these little maternal instincts. Like I know that the twins could understand like, oh, mummy's got a pat banjo because he's just a little baby. And they're yes. like, oh, mum. Yes. Like it's almost like they want to Because they get what it's yeah. like to be a mum. Yeah. Another girlfriend of mine's just had her a newborn and she's got a three-year-old and she got the three-year-old a little baby doll. So yes. she says, I'm going to go settle Can you pat so your baby so. to You sleep. pat your baby, yeah. you change your nappy, you give you a bottle. And I think that really gives the toddler a sense of purpose and like they're like mummy. Yeah. It's all nice in theory and I'm sure it's a lot harder when it comes to the batting and the and a two and a half year old but you're doing a great job with the juggle because it's not easy at all exactly good luck and also if you haven't already please join the Mamma Mia Parents Facebook group we love hearing your questions your advice it's a good old time where we all asked for advice and <laughs> whinge about our children <laughs> together Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Going from one to two children is an adjustment and it goes without saying that there's lots of things to consider. Everything from preparing baby number one to financial questions and even figuring out how you will make any time for yourself or your relationships. Thankfully, our guest Sarah Ockwell-Smith has written a book on just this. The second baby book, How to Cope with Pregnancy Number Two and Create a Happy Home for Your Firstborn and New Arrival. Sarah is a parenting expert. She has written 10 books with an 11th on the way and specializes in child development psychology. So Sarah, thank you for joining us. I'd love to know what you think the right time to have baby number two is. Is there ever a good time? 
<laughs> there's two answers to this. So there's the scientific answer, what the research says, and then there's kind of the, the reality answer. So reality, my opinion, I would say, I don't think there's ever a, a right time. Um, I think, you know, whatever whatever you do age gap-wise, whether you've planned it, whether it's an accident, I think you'll make the most of it. And I think it's it's not worth worrying about what the science says. What the science says is less than 20 months or over five years is probably better for the children and relationship. Um, and over five years is better medically for the mum and the second baby. But oh, I really don't think, you know, the, my age gaps are all tiny. I've got four kids who, and they're all like 14, 15, 16 month age gaps. So not what the science says, basically. You're crazy like <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> just to give you a bit of background, Tegan had twins and then a a baby boy. What thirteen, well, 13 12 months, months later. Thirteen months later. <laughs> well, it's kind of hard and easy. So I had four all under four, and it was it yeah. was manic, wow. but actually in some ways a lot easier, I think, than spacing it all out. Yeah. And do you believe that you kind of? Well, I'm sure you only really know what you know. As you said, most parents would make the most out of it. Yeah, I just. <laughs> I don't think it's worth worrying about. I think if you're a real planner and you have, you know, you're lucky enough to have the fertility and the time and the finances to plan, then I think it's a great thing to take note of what the science says. But otherwise, I just think we have to just cope with what we, what's given to us, you know. So speaking of those planners, because it's Lee here and I'm quite a planner, <laughs> if you were preparing to try for number two, what are some questions that parents could maybe ask themselves to consider if they're ready or perhaps if the first sibling is ready? Yeah, I think so, you know, from, from the parents' point of view, I think you've got to look at your finances and practical things like that, you know, do you are you going to start a new job if you're working? Are you hoping for a promotion? What about the home that you live in? So many parents move house between their first and second babies um, and if you can avoid that and move beforehand then that will be a lot easier for everybody but I think I would focus more on the firstborn so for me if I you know if I did choose using my head I would want my firstborn to be sleeping through the night I think that would be a huge one for me um, and things like if, if they could be potty trained that would be really helpful and also things like, you know, practicalities of sharing equipment. So are you going to need to, who need to use, I don't know what you call them there. Do you call them like strollers or buggies or prams or something like that? Yes, yeah, stroller prams, or yeah. pram. Yeah. So, you know, um, do you want to try and avoid having a double stroller or pram or, you know, things like that, the practical things. But for me, really, the sleeping through the night with number one so that you're not having double wake ups would be a really high on my list. And you mentioned finances. And do you believe that two kids is necessarily double the cost? Oh, gosh, it really depends, doesn't it? You know, I, I'm a huge fan of getting everything secondhand and pre-loved. So no, not necessarily. Um, I think if you need two lots of equipment and everything, then it's going to get more expensive. If there's, there's an argument for a bigger age gap, isn't it? So that your firstborn has outgrown everything so you can pass it all on. But I remember at that time sort of feeling immense guilt that I never bought my second born anything new. You know, it's part of like the, the sort of the strange head mess with having a second baby that you feel really bad that everything is second hand for them. But it, it's, it's, it's as expensive as you want to make it. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, my son only sleeps in pink sleep suits. And say the new baby's here and you've got a little toddler, is there any way that you can make that the firstborn feel included and loved while you're still trying to feed and settle a newborn? Because I imagine that juggle 
is a tricky one. I think, you know, the biggest change is in our mindset. A lot of people, and you know, I see sort of people asking questions online saying, please help, my firstborn is really jealous and is like really trying to get my attention and misbehaving because of the baby. And I think just trying to switch that in your head, one of the things that I say in my second baby book is don't talk about jealousy, talk about grief. So imagine that your child, your firstborn is grieving for the relationship, that one-to-one time that they had with you and the, the sort of the everything you used to do, the, the standard routines and the things that you used to do together. And imagine that all of that's been taken away from them. They're grieving that time and that relationship. It helps you see them really, really differently. When you go in it with it with that mindset, it kind of helps you to empathize with them keeps you calmer as you're sort of more understanding and accepting of how they're feeling it doesn't necessarily change how they behave because they're toddlers they don't have the brain development and the understanding and capacity to regulate emotions like us but just sort of understanding that they're not doing this deliberately they're actually really hurting and they just want to feel loved and reassured that you still want them that they're not being replaced so that mindset shift and then the second thing is just trying to make as much one-to-one time for your firstborn as possible so it's really common if you've got a partner or a dad that partner or the dad takes the sec the firstborn to the park or to, to out for the day or does the bedtime and mum has the baby but that's just kind of taking mum away from the firstborn even more so I always recommend if you can that it's mum that goes to the park and leaves dad with the baby for you know however long 20 minutes or something in between feeds so you get that one-to-one time without the baby there it makes such a difference. Mm, That's really interesting. Uh, Do you have any advice on mums in a situation like that that might be experiencing mum guilt? Because I think when new baby comes along and as you said, these these toddlers are feeling overwhelmed that they're not having that time that they used to with their mum. It's a really overwhelmingly guilty feeling, I think, for a lot of mums out there. Is there any advice for mums coping with those emotions? Yeah, I think it's kind of all mums, to be honest, not a lot of mums. I think having a second baby, having a third baby having a fourth baby it does get easier the more you have but that having that second baby I think the guilt is absolutely immense you know you feel guilty that you've not got the time for the firstborn and then when you're with the firstborn you're guilty that the baby doesn't have the attention you don't go to the groups and the classes with the first with the second born that you did with the first that you cannot avoid the guilt. Even you know, things like if you breastfed your first and you didn't breastfeed your second or vice versa, I think you just have to accept that you will feel guilty. And that's not abnormal. That's really, really common. It won't always be that difficult. It will fade as the, the sort of the days and the weeks and the months pass. And the other thing is you you cannot have things as, as calm perhaps as they were without two babies. So they will both cry at the same point and you will have to ignore one of them or you will have to not quite meet one of their needs because one of them will be more urgent. And I think, I actually think that's the hardest thing about having a second baby is the, just the guilt that comes with it. But it, it's really normal and it really will fade and you're really not damaging them by not always meeting their needs instantly. So just the acceptance. That's a relief. I think giving mums need to give themselves a break a bit mentally, but also physically. How can mums of several children find some time for themselves? Or I guess how important is that? Because I think it's the first thing to go off the calendar. Yeah. Us mums just don't put any time in the diary for ourselves, but we need to, right? Yeah, I think, you know, in the really early days, I think it's really hard and 
in some ways, I think it's setting mums up for a fail because it becomes something else that they feel that they have to do. They feel they have to get alone time or they feel they have to do self-care. And if they don't manage to get that in, then it's like, oh, it's something else that I'm failing at. And I, I speak to a lot of mums about self-care and I prefer to call it self-kindness because then it becomes something that you can just do inside your own head without having to go to a spa or do yoga or something like that. It's just give yourself the headspace, be graceful, allow yourself to, to cry or allow yourself to make mistakes. If you can get some time away, then yes, it, if that's what you need, though, there are some mums who actually everybody's telling them you need time alone. And they're like, do you know what? I actually really don't. I want to stay with my baby or I want to stay with my toddler. And for those mums, it's actually quite damaging saying you must get time alone because they start to feel that there's something wrong with them and they're too attached if they don't want to leave their babies. So whatever works and then that's another form of guilt yeah exactly all roads lead to guilt basically which is why i think so true self-kindness is just i think the way forwards i really like that term yeah. that's good it's more realistic so say someone's got to and they're considering a third or a fourth in your experience once you've juggled two is just adding a couple more no problem no. <laughs> no. Sorry, I'm interrupting you there. No. One is one, two is two, three plus is a hundred. So no, that's my that's how I I bet if it. you went to four, you'd actually find it a lot easier. I can't even begin to imagine having Yeah, they say that. They say around, but Yeah. Parents of four say do say that like the third the third is harder than the fourth. So but don't worry, I'm not gonna try. <laughs> I it's quite you. common actually third labours are harder than second. But no, I think by the yeah, time my fourth right. came along, everything in my home like ran like a military operation. I was used to having no sleep, yeah. got over the guilt, and she kind of just yeah. slotted in. And it is I guess physically it probably wasn't even that much harder because we're already looking after three kids. But emotionally you you kind of calm down a little bit about the guilt and all the worry that you get. So yeah, it's it's not easy. Number one to two is by far the hardest transition or one to three in, in the case of twins second time around. <laughs> yeah, I've never had one. <laughs> yeah, you've never had <laughs> that one. Would be nice. You touched on the science at the start about the optimum windows, either quite close together or further apart. Have you in your career found that one is better than the other, you know, really close together or further apart? Or that's just what the science says, one or the other? So I think really close together you tend to avoid a lot of sibling rivalry and they all sort of grow up together I think because they're too young to even realize what's happening so to avoid sibling mm. rivalry I think you know the younger actually the easier it is um, if you have a bigger age gap what's really nice is that you have the whole of the first say four or five years solely with that firstborn and then that one then goes off to school which means you get the whole of the first four or five years with the second alone which works really well and I think also it's really nice that your body is like completely healed and you lose your weight and you get your sort of your, your stomach muscles and your, your pelvic floor muscles back to normal before going through it again <laughs> but also you're four or five years older and actually that can make a difference to how you either way you know there's upsides and downsides isn't there yeah, that yeah. makes perfect sense. I have a three-year age gap and science says that's not great, but actually it's been brilliant for us and I'd really recommend it. Yeah, and we do only know what we know, so <laughs> I yeah. don't think anyone would change it really. I think the takeaway is just do it. If you if you want to and you're on the fence, just do it. <laughs> you know? Go I'm and sure have babies, everybody. I'm sure the men would love that. <laughs> yeah, the men will thing. enjoy the practice. <laughs> just do anyway. it. <laughs> All I was going to say is that you just you don't really regret 
having a child, but you might regret not having one. I've never spoken to anybody. When I was writing the book, I spoke to loads of people and nobody said they regretted having their second, even when they were unplanned or it, the, just, the pregnancy was difficult. They all said, but we were so glad we yeah. had them in the end. Yeah. Oh, that's so. really beautiful. Thank you so much for your wonderful insight. Um, Lee's just going to go off and pop out <laughs> a second, a second now. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> You're welcome. What the? What the? What the? What the? Parenting? Oof. WTF of the week. Can I go first? Yes, please. Mine's a husband rant. I missed your rant. Oh, oh yes. I love it. I actually it. have two after this morning. Oh, God. So during the holidays, we took the bug to the zoo. Mm. He's never been to the zoo. And also my husband's never been to the zoo. What? He's from Melbourne. Oh. So I said to my mum, we'll take you to the zoo. My nieces as well. Big family outing. My okay. sister was supposed to come and bring my mum and my nieces because they live far away. She pulled out the day before. So I said to Rich, I can't be bothered rescheduling. It was so hard to find time. I'm going to go get my mum and my nieces. I'm leaving at 10 a.m. I'll meet you at the zoo at 1. That's how much it takes to do a round trip. And Wow, that's dedication to oh. the family zoo expedition. Seriously. So I say, here is the baby bag with the nappies, the wipes, the hat, the sunscreen. Oh, so you've already packed it. Of course I have. His lunchbox is in the fridge. The water's in the fridge. These three things must oh, come. No, they didn't come. We meet at the car park. He gets out the lunchbox and the water bottle. And I go, oh, oh. great. Um, why didn't you just put them in the bag? What bag? The baby bag with all of the baby things, like nappies. Oh, you have, you've always got that. Um, no, I've always got it when I'm with the baby. <laughs> you know when you go to the park and I give it to you, it's because you're with the baby. The bag Stop. and the baby go together. Stop. So he got the things out of the fridge. Yes. I thought 100% he's forgotten that and got the bag. Fine if you forgot no, the food. No, no, We could have made – we had no nappies, <laughs> no wipes, no hat, no sunscreen. And oh. so I'm just standing there in the car park and he's just looking at me and my mum's like, it's okay, trying to like this break. This is so funny. I was ropeable. Welcome to a day in my life because remember I did that article, there's two types of women, a Lee Campbell and a me, yes. and I'm the one that never brings a baby oh. bag. So this is you living a day in the life of me I with no baby bag. raging. So I'm walking around <laughs> the zoo looking at other parents like, yeah, their kid could be a size four nappy. Maybe if I need a nappy, I'll ask. <laughs> And then at the end of the day, he's like, see, we got by. This poor kid's nappy was <laughs> soaked. And so then I had to do another three-hour round trip to drop everyone home. So Rich goes home and goes, oh, I made it home just in time and he did a poo. And oh I was like, meanwhile, gosh. I was like trying to wet tissues to wipe him. I was ropeable. So funny. And I said, you've got to use your brain. I can't tell you. Like I've, I did tell you. But yeah. so <laughs> I then, can tell you. It makes no difference. Then this morning he goes, oh, can you put – he was dropping the kid to daycare. Can you put his backpack right near the front door because I forgot it yesterday. And I was like, how it's does your brain thing. not go, kid, bag? Kids always have bags. Maybe it's a woman thing because we always have a bag. Like, do you no, have a handbag and a baby bag or do you use the baby bag as your handbag? It depends on how far we're going out. Yeah. I generally use the baby bag. I just chuck yeah. my wallet and phone. Yeah. That's only the extra stuff. But no, it's because we do all the thinking for them. Yeah. Like, they don't how have have, to can think. you not think kid daycare needs you things? Even, you <laughs> So he had to turn – he didn't notice until mid-day mid that the bag was still on the kitchen bench. Ah, and he's working from home? So yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, oh, husbands, funny. we need them. I just want to get my favourite girlfriends and get a farm and a commune and raise our kids all together and just use men for sex. <laughs> what is your rant? Oh, that's funny. I mean, WTF. <laughs> we should rephrase it. Rant <laughs> of the week. Yes. So, obviously, we recently had Christmas and then all my kids' birthdays are in the first oh, week of yeah. January. So, I 
have been spent like the first two weeks of this year. You know how it's like, oh, 2021, start the way you aim to finish. That's what my school principal used to say. And it haunts me every year because start I'm like. Start the way you aim to finish. Yeah, it was meant to be like the inspirational, okay. um, you know, like start off well and then that's yeah. how you'll finish. Well, it didn't start well. <laughs> Let me assure you, I'm a flustered mess because my house is just covered in crap. Like, and when I say crap, I've got like, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not ungrateful but the kids received wonderful presents they're at an age where there's so many trinkets like Mm. the amount of little construction sets that banjo got which means tools and screws and nuts and bolts and everything everywhere anyway plus the birthdays so all Mm. three at the same time all three christmas (gasps) we've just got you're a toy shop yeah i am and you know what half of it is still up and away in a cupboard because throughout um, the year you can kind of filter it out and i don't know where to put it so I'm a flustered mess at the moment and I've got a girlfriend because I'm not an organisational queen like you and I've got a girlfriend who is. So I literally got her to come to my house yesterday and she spent the whole day helping me organise my house because I was such a flustered mess about it. So now I'm starting the way I aim to finish. Yay. I'm a little bit late. You had a tiny false I'm, start. Yeah, I'm just a few weeks late, but that's all right. So. I- yeah, organising. I'm happy that my birthday's in August because at least you can stagger. Yeah, stagger out your lot. intake. That boat, few weeks is a lot for you. It's a lot. And for me, just quickly at Christmas, it was my first experience of a toddler who is so excited with a gift, and you're trying to undo the packaging. Oh my gosh! And put the batteries in at yeah. lightning speed, and they're just rolling around, losing it because they're like, "Give yeah. me it!" Give Samara me it. insisted on sleeping with all of her presents, <laughs> <laughs> and Samara and Indiana share a bed. So <laughs> go figure. She's got her painting and her dolls and her trucks. And her cars and her, her farm animals, like it was literally a zoo in her own bed. Weirdos. I know they're so weird. But share with us your WTFs or rants of the week. We'd be happy to hear them. Well, that's the second episode of the year done. Only ten thousand million more to go. Tegan's got the giggles, <laughs> so I've had to take over. If you haven't already, as I mentioned, join the Facebook group. Please submit your dilemmas, questions. We'd love to try and answer them as best we know how. You can email tgm at mamamia.com.au. Or you can call us on the pod phone, 02-899-9386. And if we can't answer them, we'll at least find someone that can. Yeah, we'll get a qualified expert. <laughs> this Glorious Mess is brought to you by Mamma Mia and this episode is produced by Michaela Floriano. Have an amazing week and we'll see you next week. See ya. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.